I stepped toward a group of women huddled together and attempted to wedge my way through their midst. But they only squeezed closer, blocking my way, shutting me out as effectively as the city gate. With a desperate glance around the market, I caught sight of the steep steps that led to the Guildhall's arched doorway. Bunching my gown, I worked my way around the edge of the gathering until I reached the large stone building. I wove through the children who crowded the steps, patting their bare heads tenderly as they bowed before me. When I finally climbed to the landing, the market spread before me. There, in the very heart of the green, was the bonfire, and suspended above the blazing heat was a large cauldron hanging from a metal tripod with an old man cramped inside. The steam rising from the water told me it wouldn't be long before it began to bubble at an unbearable temperature. The old man's screams would soon fill the air as his skin blistered and flesh cooked. Even now, his exposed chest shone as red as freshly butchered beef. Beneath a mop of dirty gray hair, his eyes were wild. To the side, another criminal was sprawled on the ground, his hands tied to stakes above his head. Ropes bound his feet, and the petty constable was cranking a lever that was slowly stretching the man, nearing the point where his arms and legs would pull from their sockets. I spotted the dark cloak and hat of the bailiff, and found he was adding more kindling to the fire. Bailiff! I shouted. You must stop this cruelty! Only the children on the steps heard me. They lifted their faces to watch me expectantly. I cupped the cheek of the nearest urchin and smoothed my fingers over his filthy skin. He peered up at me with adoration, and I managed a small smile for him. He shouldn't have to witness such a display of inhumanity. No one should. Ever. With a shudder, I crossed my arms over my chest and attempted to ward off the dark chill that came from remembering the torture I'd witnessed four years ago after my parents' funeral. The gruesome picture was stitched into my memory like embroidery threads within a tapestry. I wanted no more memories like that one. Stop! I yelled again. As Lady Rosemary Montfort, your ruler, I command you to cease, immediately. This time, my declaration caused heads to turn my direction. The women closest to the Guildhall began to whisper and grab the arms of those around them. Some of the men bowed but the petty constable continued to crank the rope, and the bailiff tossed another log onto the fire, sending sparks shooting high into the air. I uttered an unladylike cry of frustration and raised my eyes to the grand castle on the bluff that towered as a lord over the town. The outer walls rose as if one with the rocky cliffs, making the fortress impenetrable on three sides. A moat and the town provided the defense on the fourth side. If only I'd thought to bring one of my guards. Even now, I could make out the gleaming helmet of the soldier on duty at the gatehouse, but I'd never had need of protection in my town, among the people who loved me. A glint of silver along the fringes of the gathering caught my eye. A short distance from the guildhall stood a warhorse mounted by a knight. Dressed in his plate armor, the coat of arms on the horse's blanket was unfamiliar red with a fire-breathing dragon emblazoned upon it. How long had the warrior been watching the proceedings? A shimmer of unease slipped up the veil trailing over my plaited hair and pricked the back of my neck. None of the neighboring lords had threatened Ashby. The land had been at peace. So who was this knight, 
And what did his presence in my town mean? As if sensing my question, the knight shifted to face me. Through the narrow slit in his steel helmet, his eyes were dark and unreadable. Even so, there was something kind and respectful about his posture. He surprised me by bowing his head and paying me homage. Then he lifted the long halberd at his side, dug his spurs into his horse, and charged forward toward the center green. At the heavy thudding of his steed and the sight of his weapon, those in his path fell back to make room for him. He thrust forward like a knight at a jousting tournament. My muscles tightened. What did he intend to do? I wanted to call out, to question him, to demand that he explain his presence in my town. But as he made a direct path to the cauldron of bubbling water, I found myself praying he'd succeed where I had failed to bring an end to the torture.